Podcasting from inside of a marketing agency, this is the Marketing Department Podcast, where we have candid ideas and curated content for the everyday marketer. Hey, welcome to the Marketing Department Podcast again. We are in a brand new studio in our offices. It is awesome. It is so awesome. It's darker than what I recommended, but I'm glad that somebody stepped up and said something. Yeah, and I'm going to say this because you're not going to say it about yourself, but this was, when you see pictures online and all the places, this was Zeke's baby. I mean, he he, he put the work in in this place. Yeah, we had a we had a pretty hefty crew come in and uh, help out with this, but getting it together, I mean, we literally did this in the last 48 hours from the time of recording this podcast, so it got intense. It's because it of the interview that we have today with Bo Mills. We We wanted it to look incredible. Bo's got an incredible story. He's built a crazy cool business, and we got to be a part of it. I think we're all jealous of Bo's lifestyle. His lifestyle, I got to be honest, I'm a little jealous of his looks. I'm I'm definitely jealous of his looks. He is way easier to look at across the desk than you are. (laughs) Thanks, bud. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't going to say it about myself, so it's fine. I'm glad you did. Well, he was was easy to just stare at in the eyes and get lost. No? Okay. (laughs) This is getting out of hand. Well, that's okay. The interview was so sweet and so good. And I I mean this. I'm dead serious about this. Bo is one of the kindest men that I've ever met. And you'll hear why in the podcast. But he he is literally just one of the best dudes out there. Yeah. And so anytime that we get to be with him is a special time. So uh, we got a couple things before we get to that interview with Bo. Number one, we're doing a brand giveaway. Brand giveaway. I was going to do a drum roll, but. You beat me there. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. Christmas vacation. I got you. Christmas vacation is got the best drum roll scene. It, it is. Absolutely. I don't know any other drum roll scenes. Uh, but that's but the best one. That is the best one for sure. <laughs> but we're doing a brand giveaway. We decided that in this month of talking about branding, we should do this giveaway and really go through the process. So there's a couple of rules. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about the rules, but what we do know is we want to be able to document the process because I know that it's fun for people to get to see the behind the scenes of building a brand. And so when we do that, for whoever wins this giveaway, we want to make sure that we can document the process and really be able to tell the story. Speaking of stories, that's how you can win. We want to hear your stories. And so you can email us at brand at greenfox.io. We want to hear the story of your business. Tell us why you may need a rebrand or you need a new brand. Maybe it's a new business. We simply want to hear your story. And then we're going to pick from all the submissions and decide who is it we're going to run with for this brand giveaway. Yeah, this is a big deal. There's a there's there's a lot of expense that goes into branding and rebranding a business and so we want to we want to roll out the red carpet for somebody and really make it amazing. So we're we're looking forward to this. It's going to be it's going to be incredible. So if you know someone who owns a business or has started a business and we would love for you to tell them about it and tell them the email to get there. Yeah, absolutely. So remember, it's brand at greenfox.io. You can also go to our website and look at our blog for this week's podcast. We'll also probably add a little bit more details on the website as well. On the web. On the website. Almost stopped that web. And you can find out more, again, on our site at greenfox.io. But if you have a story to tell about why you need a new brand or a a rebrand, or if you know somebody who does, please email us at brand at greenfox.io. 
I'm excited about this interview coming up with Bo. Sweet dude. And then uh, make sure that you stick around after the podcast because Eric is going to kind of tell the story of building uh, the Red Laces brand. Talk about that experience a little bit. And again, you can go to our website and see more details of that process. So make sure and check it out. And you guys listen in to this interview with Mr. Bo Mills. Well, we're with Bo Mills, and I'm excited about having Bo on the podcast because, Bo, you are like by far the 13th or 14th most famous person <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's so this, about right. <laughs> this is a big deal to me. A big deal. Well, I went to bed trying to think of jokes, and that was the number one joke that came up. So, <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, I know. And your dad's probably like the eighth or ninth. Yeah, so. he's a lot bigger than me. That's true. He is famous man, still in the uh, major league world. And so, Bo, I want to talk a little bit about your business. You own a business called Red Laces Cattle Company, and you've got bulls, and you've got a history of baseball as far as personally and in your family. I want to hear your story a little bit about as far as baseball is concerned. I know you're from California, so start there. Yeah, born and raised in Central Valley California in Visalia in Tulare County. Real agriculture area. My parents, my mom was born in Visalia. My dad was just outside of Visalia, born and raised their whole life. I was born onto a baseball field, literally. My dad's been in the game 42 years now. That was just what I knew. That was life. That was every year saying goodbye to him for eight months and then going spending my summers with him, falling asleep on the mule while the, the grounds crew drug the infield. Was just how I grew up. You know, 4th of July was fireworks on the baseball field. I was building the fireworks with the ground screw guys while he was in the minor leagues when I was about seven, eight years old. I just have story after story after story of just being a part of that. Yeah, you know, I'm so proud of my dad. It was hard as a family having him gone, but see him, you know, we're here to talk about entrepreneurship and all this and that. And, you know, he was really that way in baseball. I mean, when he first started, when he, when he blew out his knee, he played in the big leagues back in the early 80s and blew out his knee, sliding to second base into his career. Next year, went straight into coaching and you didn't make much as a coach, you know, I mean, I don't know if I'd have guessed 20,000, 25,000 a year. So he'd come home. And get a job. You know, he's flipping burgers or delivering mail, substitute teaching, you know, just to support us, get us by as a family. And so I'm so proud of him. He's been in the big leagues now for over 20, 20 years, 25 years. He's really made a name for himself, done an amazing job. So, yeah, I just that, that's just been my life and what I've seen, um, that leadership role, that drive to be the best at what you're doing. That's what I got to experience and witness my whole life. That's awesome. So you went to college in California? Yeah, so went to high school in California. Then I went to Fresno State out there in California for two years, my freshman and sophomore year, and then got drafted my junior year out of Lewis and Clark in Lewiston, Idaho. I was the 13th pick to the Cleveland Indians first round, and I went straight into playing that year, made it up to high A ball that half season with the Indians with the next year was in A-ball. That full year was the minor, minor league player of the year for the Indians organization. Went to double-A the next year. Spent the half season there the following year and then went to triple-A. Played there for two years. And uh, we found out we were pregnant with our second, which was a boy. And when we found out it was a boy, that really hit home. You know, I just told the story about my dad being gone my whole life. And I didn't realize how much 
that affected me, I guess, until I found out I was having a, a, a boy for my own. And I just, you know, not that it was a bad life. It was just, you know, we missed a lot. And I didn't want to miss that in my son's life. And so I decided to retire and walk away from the game then. Hardest decision I've ever made in my life. Not one I regret, but I miss the game. I've missed the game ever since I walked away. But I will not take it back for a second being there in my kids' lives every single day. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think if you play ball at the level that professional ball players uh, get to play, you have that competitive drive in you always. So probably until the day you're gone, you will have some kind of competitive drive and you'll miss the game. Yeah, and it's carried over to everything I do now, you know, and I'm probably more competitive with just myself, you know, in everything I do in everyday life. And you, like you said, you have to have that. I mean, to get to certain levels, to get to the professional level, to the big league level, you know, you always have someone sitting there nipping at your heels ready to take your place and you sure. can never let your guard down. It's a, it's a 365, you know, just always getting after it sport and you know and lifestyle where yeah the season lasts for this long but when you get home you're right back at it preparing for the next year yeah you talking about you know having your second kiddo who was a little boy is a great i guess precursor to introducing who you are as a daddy i love watching you be a dad i love you are genuinely uh, one of the most kind men that i know who's around my age quite honestly you're just uh, it seems like you operate from a place of gratitude that's one of my my favorite things about you is how you operate like that. You operate in that way with your kiddos and with your wife, Alicia, and anybody that you talk to, whether it's the first time you've ever met them or you've known them, it seems, for years, you operate like that. And so that's one of the things I love about you, Bo. And so I think the fact that you stepped down, that was part of why you stepped down out of baseball, is really a testament to how you operate. And so I, I think that's really neat. So your dad, he's still coaching? Yeah. Yeah, he's bench coach for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, that's awesome. I've gotten to see his his office. Bo's taken me in there before, and that place is pretty sick. So he's he's got quite a history as far as baseball is concerned. Yeah, I wish he was more into that stuff. He's just not that type, you know, and I, I can't imagine if he was, you know, like I said, 42 years in the game. If every year he would have just collected two or three things, right? you know, he it just— not in him. He doesn't. He doesn't care about that stuff. And so, what you saw in his office is really just a tiny bit of his life in the game, and then also a tiny bit of what he has. He still has a lot, just collecting dust in the attic because he doesn't sure. even think it's important. But yep. other people would come in and just be amazed. But yeah, he's got to see and do a lot in his life because the opportunities he's had. You know, man, he got to be the manager of the Houston Astros for two and a half seasons. And being there, George Bush was a huge fan of them. So he got to spend a lot of time with George Bush, go to his office, eat lunch with him, spend time with him. Yeah, Michael Jordan got to go to dinners with Michael Jordan when he dabbled in the game of baseball. Yeah. Just over and over, these influential people, you know, and um, the the I appreciate your compliment earlier, you know, and I, I really give that to my parents. You know, that's what I saw through them, and especially him as a father. You know, you go into his office, and if you look at his bookcase, it's all leadership. You know, it's all leadership and being a godly leader on top of that. Yeah. That's just, that's what he exuded. That's what he works on and practices every day in his personal life. And I got to grow up in that, you know, and I feel very fortunate for that. That is, you can tell a lot of that's from your daddy, whose name is Brad, by the way. We hadn't mentioned that yet. If you want to look him up, Brad Mills. But his demeanor is so kind. His countenance is one of humility. And uh, you wouldn't know what he does for a living unless you got it out of him. 100%. Uh, he does not uh, flaunt what he gets to do for a living. He, he is a very 
very humble man. One that I've got to spend some time with, and I look up to him already just yeah. in the little bit of time that I've got to spend with him. So let's switch gears here. Round second. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, there you I'm go. Baseball. That, I don't. The other joke. <laughs> no, that one just came out. That's awesome. That was rough. Happens. <laughs> I should have thought of more. Anyways, I want to talk about you are an entrepreneur. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are entrepreneurs and they'll try, but they'll fail. Try, but they'll fail. You've had a couple of successful companies. Talk about your first uh, endeavor. I do know of one where you had a moving company. Was that your first? No, I guess technically. So I retired in 2014, way too young to retire if you know what I mean, just sitting on my butt and playing golf every day. Right. And so I was really at a spot in my life going, okay, what am I going to do? I was taken out of school. You know, I wasn't able to finish college. So seven years down the road, you don't really want to go back to college at that age. I'm a outdoor enthusiast at heart. I love the outdoors. I love fishing. I love hunting. So I knew, you know, cooped up in an office just wasn't my thing. We talked about the competitiveness, all this and that. So yeah, I was just always kind of had that in me. Even as a kid, you know, I'm always thinking of things to create. You know, I'm a, I, I believe I'm creative at heart, just have that in me. So it just came natural. Okay, what am I going to do? Well, let's create something. You know, let's, let's go from there. And so actually my first deal, my, my father-in-law owned a dairy back in California, pretty big dairy. And I slowly started going on there, and me and my brother-in-law decided to start a farming company. So we custom farmed about 1,500 acres of corn and wheat from scratch. We had no clue what we were doing. You know, I wouldn't say we were good at it. (laughs) But, I mean, as an entrepreneur, that's what you got to do. You kind of just got to jump in and kind of figure it out as you're going, you know. And not, you know, not you take what you do and you try to do it the best you can. You know, it's not figure out what you're doing and do a bad job at it. It's yeah. figure out what you're doing and do the best you can at it, but figure it out as you go. And that's what we did there. We did that for a year and a half till he sold the dairy. And then we decided to sell out of that farming company. And then, yes, then as you alluded to, I, I, crazy story. Can I tell it real fast? Yeah, come on. So we were in that time of we sold the dairy and I wasn't sure again what I was going to do. A friend of mine asked me to go on a pheasant hunting trip in Mexico. So his buddy owned a plane and was a pilot himself. So we get on the plane flying to Mexico and we're wearing headsets, you know, so I could hear what they're talking about. I was sitting in the back seat, but I could hear the conversation. And this guy was talking about what sounded like a moving company. I had no clue at the time. So we get off the plane. I was like, hey, you know, he goes, well, I own this moving company. We do a lot of storage and this and that. That's cool. So I picked his brain all week, had no, you know, aspiration to own a moving company or anything like that. We land back home in Visalia, and I get in the car. My wife picks me up at the airport, and she goes, hey, this crazy opportunity came up. The lady that did the books for the dairy did the books for this moving company, and the owner passed away, and the wife doesn't want to take it on. You know, would you think about buying it? And I just got done talking for a week (laughs) down in Mexico on a hunting trip with this guy that owns this huge moving company about everything about a moving company. And it was just wild. I mean, I'm talking the minute I got in the car off that trip. So we went and met with the wife and talked it over, looked at the books, looked at everything with it. It was just a one truck. This guy had owned it for like 20 years. It was just his life. You know, he just, him and the truck. That's what it was. And, And a guy. So I decided to buy it. We grew that company. We grew to a big storage facility. And yeah, so that's how I got into the moving company. Again, not knowing anything 
about moving or a company or, I mean, I've been around people that moved houses. But yeah, so I just figured it out and, and went with it. And it was awesome. Did that for three and a half years. Yeah. And so that was all in California. So that was all in California. And like I said, this guy, was this, he was an old school guy that just owned a truck in him. I mean, he had no brand. He had no nothing. So I created a brand. You know, I created the Pack and Move brand, the logo that you'll see today. You know, I put it all over the trucks, put it on everything. So that way, you know, got on Google. This guy was never on the computer, yeah. you know, didn't even have a website, nothing. Right. And so I had to create all that. And I grew it to multiple trucks. And like I said, a big storage facility. We ended up selling it when we decided to, to move to Texas. Sure. And you recognized probably and kind of knew that you needed to do that to brand your company, your moving company. But you also saw the power behind it when you got intentional about creating a brand, creating yeah. a logo, creating all Yeah. That. And it was, um, you know, he was he was happy where he was at, you know, and that's the thing. It's it's having a goal and what do you want out of your business? Are you happy with where you're at or do you want to grow it? And, sure. And so, yeah, I saw the potential and, okay, we need a brand. We need to get on these social media platforms and stuff like this to be able to go outside of what he's doing. He was really good. He had a really good name for the business in the city we were at. But yeah. what if we want to reach hundreds of thousands of people sure. instead of just thousands? And so yeah. that's what I saw. And, it, and, you know, it really prepared me to get into what I got into out here in Texas. Yeah, which is a great transition. Why did you move to Texas in the first place? Man, like I like I said, I love to hunt and fish and without getting too political on here, California was just becoming California. <laughs> That's the nicest yeah. way I could say yeah. it. And honestly, you know, I just, I wanted some freedom, I guess is the best way to say it. And I was feeling just too constricted there in owning a business out there. Became really tough, you know, just became very frustrating. You felt handcuffed in a lot of ways and a lot of avenues that you're trying to go. You felt handcuffed by the state out there. It's always been a dream of mine. Going back to talking about baseball I really, because I grew up in the game, I never had that carrot in front of my face because I grew up in a big league locker room sure. since the age 10, like in the big leagues. And so I just, that was just life. And so I never had that carrot. So the carrot for me was to own my own ranch one day. Yeah. That was the carrot for me. And so I just played baseball, you know, to basically get my ranch. That's all I thought about. Yeah, that was always been on my mind and on my heart that, hey, I want a ranch. I don't know what I want to do, but right. I want a ranch. And so I got into buying bucking bulls back in 2009 while I was playing. And the bucking bull world, when you talk about competitive bucking bulls, is Texas and Oklahoma, really. That's the hub. I mean, it's all of the United States, but that's where you want to be. So when I started buying bulls in 2009, I was paying trainers out here that had ranches out here and trained bulls out here in Texas. So I'd owned them before we moved out here for about eight years. So when I decided, hey, I, I kind of feeling the urge to to get out there and buy my ranch finally, that just that's kind of what led me here to Texas was I want to get into this business. I love this business. Let's go create it ourselves. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So talk about making it official. So I love this has got to be, and we've got we've got a crew in here while we record this podcast. This has got to be one of the coolest logos that I think our company has gotten to be a part of. It ties in you and what you do so well, I think. And then it's just you know, I don't know how to say it. It's a pretty sexy brand. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it looks really cool. Yeah. So pack and move, it was already named, right? I just created the logo around the name. So I didn't get to do that. And I knew that I wanted to own a, 
a bull business and and I knew that I have a very unique background. I, I'm 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 pretty special with how I got to be raised growing up in baseball, being a part of being in, in professional baseball. And so I just want to make it personal, you know, and and to know that I have that platform that I was able to be in that sport at a certain level, people are drawn to that, you know? And so I wanted to share a little bit of that, even though this is like the complete opposite thing sure. than baseball, I want to tie the two together to create a pretty unique comparison, you know, because I mean, I believe now that I'm raising and training athletes. Yeah. And I truly believe that. I'm not just saying that. These are athletes. We train them. We work them out. We get them ready for a competition, just as you would a baseball player. And I bring a lot of that baseball side to this. So yeah, it was, um, you know, there's a, there's a pitcher. I have a couple good, I have a lot of good buddies in baseball still. And this guy is currently playing still. He's a relief pitcher. Brian Shaw's his name. Mm-hmm. We were texting. I was telling him what I was going to do. You know, we were texting. I said, man, I just, you know, he, I want to go out there, but I want to, I want to tie this with baseball. You know, my, I wanted to reach out to these baseball players. I wanted them to get interested like I was when I played. I knew it was a good release for me, get out of the game a little bit, own a bull, be caught up in that competition world. So I, that's, that's kind of the direction when I came in, I was heading towards like, Hey, I'll reach out to these baseball players. They'll buy bulls. I'll train them for them. And so I told him, I said, I want to, I want to be, I want my name to be related to baseball somehow. And so we started throwing around ideas, names, this and that. Me and him came up with red laces. And I was like, ah. you know, at first, I was like, is that, is that too, like, is it laces on a shoe? Is right. it, you know, like, and then, you know, when I found Green Fox Marketing out here in Texas and we started dabbling into that and creating the logo for it, it just all came full circle and it's amazing. Yeah, I'm just so happy with how it came together. I had a vision for it. And I found people that could take that vision and make it reality and exactly what I wanted. And yeah, I couldn't be that's cool. More happy about yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so here in a little bit after mine and Bo's interview, we're actually going to Eric and I are going to sit down and talk through the technical side of building the brand Red Laces and that partnership with Bo at the time to really get practical a little bit. And then next week, just to kind of give you a heads up on what our game plan is for next week's podcast, we're going to get super practical. We're going to have people from our team actually discuss what it looks like to build a brand in specific departments within our office. And so we're going to help you kind of understand if you're at that place where you've got a new business or you need a rebrand, we're going to help you get a little bit of understanding, some practical ideas on how to go build your brand. And so, Bo, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we've gotten to be buddies over the last little bit. I've gotten to see, like, pulling up to your ranch. It's so fun. It's exciting. You've given me a tour of the ranch. I mean, you've got a big old bull right when you walk in. He's just looking at you in your eyes, and you're going, he's saying, not today. Don't mess with me. What's Mm -hmm. his name? Stir crazy. Stir crazy. Yeah. He's intense, but uh, so big bow legged bull. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's awesome. But the experience right when you pull through your gate, which by the way has a big old logo yep. on it, right when you pull through your gate is is cool. I yep. mean, you, you got what you were going after as far as your ranch is concerned. Now you're doing your bulls. What does day to day look like owning red laces? Yeah. So can I touch on that first part that you're talking about first? Yeah. So. Starting a business, you know, you've, and this is such a unique business, so it's hard to just talk business in general. This is so unique, but I had a vision 
So what I do is I raise and train bucking bulls for people, for competition. It's just like owning a racehorse. And so I had this vision of being able for the customers to come experience their bull. Because so, part of it, I mean, we it could be some big businessman in New York, you know, who doesn't get to experience this lifestyle. So my vision was to create this atmosphere that they could go to and just release that normal world feel and get out there and get their country on, you know, riding horses, seeing bulls, buck. And so, like you said, pulling up in the entryway, it was just when I first came to Granbury with my wife and drove on to that place, it did not look like it looks now, but I could envision that. And so, so it was in the long term, like the customer driving onto the place, seeing the bull there. It's no accident that bull's there and how he is and the demeanor. He stands right there. He greets everybody that comes on. It's just that feel. It's all part of the business. You know, it's all part of allowing people to go escape the normal world and get that country fix, you know, that everybody kind of dreams of, but they can't have. So that's kind of what we try to create out there. And uh, yeah, so day to day out there, you know, it's a ranch, you know, it's just like a, I guess in a way, any other cattle ranch where we're waking up early, we're going to feed the cows, the bulls, these bulls are tailored. They're like I said, they're just like athletes. So they're tailored feed. I mean, we control down to the ounce of the feed they get per day and hay. And then we train them, you know, and then we're training bulls. They're on a set regimen on running them through the chutes in the arena, working bulls. And then of course, then it's upkeep with the ranch as well. So yeah. And then, you know, then it's a lot of reaching out and finding customers and trying to intrigue people or just really kind of show them that this life is out there because a lot of people don't understand the business or even know that they can do this. So, yeah, I was trying to portray that and get that out to people. You've done a great job at it. I love going out to your place. Yeah, I appreciate that. So it's, it's really neat. And to get to see how everything operates, we're going to tell a quick story real quick about there was a cow. We named her Lacey. That's right. Tell that story because people latched onto that and they, they came together. And talk about the story of Lacey real quick. Yeah, so part of our program, we are breeders as well. We have a bunch of cows. We, we train bulls off their mama from their calves, you know. So, so yeah, we part of that, we have what's we, what we call a reset program. So they're commercial cattle, you know, just like an Angus cow out there that you'd see in a normal pasture. And we actually put embryos into them. They carry somebody else's calf. And that way we can get more of our bulls to train and put into our program. So she's one of those. She's what we call a reset cow. And she was carrying an embryo calf. She had some complications at birth. We lost the calf, unfortunately, but our next thing in line was to save the cow. And we worked really hard on her. We treated her with medicine. We had doctors come out. Basically, what we think happened was she really damaged a nerve and it allowed her, you know, a lot of paralysis in the back end where she couldn't stand up. You know, a lot of people will tell you in this industry that after 12 to 48 hours, you're basically done. Give up on the cow. You know, unfortunately, She's not going to make it. That's what they'll tell you. I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. You know, in her eyes, she looked sad, but alive, you know, like, so through this, you guys got, you know, wind of it and created a story around Lacey 
that really kind of went viral. I mean, a lot of people were reaching out from all over, like hashtag save Lacey or, yeah. you know, all this stuff. And so then I was like, well, now I got to do everything, you know, like I got to, <laughs> I have no Pressure's choice now. For, yeah. yeah. So we worked on her, you know, we, you guys came out, we did stories on her. Mm. And I don't know, what was it, nine days or something, 10 days? Yeah, something uh, Down, we would, you know, we'd assist her up. We'd try to help her up. We'd let her stand there so she could get blood flow through her legs. I remember we we would strap stuff around her belly and we'd hang her from a tractor and just let her stand there so the blood flow could go down her legs. And and I talked to this guy. I was reaching out to everybody I could to get information on, hey, what would you do? And this guy just told me to hang her for a while, like four or five hours, and just really let that blood kind of circulate through them because they're, so, they're such heavy animals that when they're laying down, they, you know, they cut the blood circulation off and they lose feeling. So I hung her for a while one day. That was a Friday. And so Saturday I gave her off. I felt bad hanging her so long. So I gave her off Saturday and Sunday morning before church, I went out there to put hay out in the pasture and there's a big hill in the pasture. And she was in the back where you can't see her over the hill. And I remember it was like a foggy, misty morning. And I was up on top of that hill setting the, the round bells out. And I just, for some reason, glanced over my shoulder, I guess to check on her. And like I looked over and I looked back to get out of the tractor and cut the hay belt. And I was like, wait. And she was just out in that misty fog standing. Come on. All now. by herself. That's Never, awesome. you know, and that was just like I think I text you guys like right away. Yeah, I'm yep. like, please yep. standing up. Yeah. So <laughs> that was wild. That was cool. You know, what a mm. unbelievable end to that story. It's not how I thought it was gonna end. I'm yeah. amazed it did. But yeah, she did it and she did it all on her own. I didn't help yep. her up, wasn't even out there. And yeah, she's alive and well today and moving around great and just like any other cow today. So that's awesome. Pretty I think cool. uh you know, the moral of that story is when you have for your brand, if you have something like that where you have a story, you're able to use natural momentum like that and let people know, let people rally behind your brand and what you've got going on and let them come around you and to really have your back. And I think you had a lot of support for a mama cow. Yeah. During that time yeah i yeah i think for for brands in general i know we're unique but i mean for me like going back to the actual brand i want it to be personal you know mm-hmm. tell a story through the brand you know and, yeah. and red laces does with the with the brand logo and everything it shows the baseball side of it it shows the bull side of it so it's very personal to me and so it's it's about being real you mm-hmm. know and being raw and honest with your audience and your, your people you're trying and that pulls people in, you know, it makes people care. And so, yeah, I think that's really important for any company to kind of just be raw and honest and open with people about certain situations and use them to help, yeah, get your name out there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I want to switch gears to um, you guys as a family have had an incredibly difficult year. Part of why we've gotten so close this year is because of the type of year that you guys have had. So I'm going to let you kind of talk about it how you want to talk about it just for the sake of transparency i asked bo if we could talk about this so this conversation isn't a surprise to him but this year you lost your youngest son speaking of people coming around you talk about what this year has looked like for you guys and this is not what you obviously expected moving here you haven't been in Texas a very long time. You haven't been in this bull business a super long time. And everything has changed for your family. Talk about it. Yeah, it's been, you know, a whirlwind of two years. 
from moving away from home, you know, where we, both me and my wife, Alicia, spent all our life and where our family's at, we moved away from that. Starting this business, making new friends, having four kids. So Bo Bear was born four weeks before we got in the car and drove to Texas. And then, yeah, having, having this happen, it's been, it's been wild to say the least, you know, and obviously this, this year being really hard on top of it. I think when most people look back to 2020, they're going to remember the Corona virus. And before the coronavirus, we lost our youngest son. So it's been a heck of a three months this past three months. Yeah. So we have four kids. Kenzie is nine. James is seven and Hudson is five. Bo Bear was about 21 months or sorry, 19, 20. Yeah. 21 months when he, uh, when he passed. Yeah. We had a, a get together with friends and family and, you know, we had an accident where he drowned and on our place. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, still to this day, it's been three months and it, I still wake up hoping it's not real. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's just tough. I don't, and again, going back to that decision I made to walk away from baseball, I just feel super lucky with the occupation I have and the business I have to every day be on that place where I work from home and be able to spend every day with my kids. And yeah. I got to spend every day of Bo Bear's life with Bo. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. So I want you to talk about for a little bit, you guys live, our town that we live in is a pretty small town, and I want you to talk about just community a little bit. I mean, talk about church if you want to, talk about what has been the most helpful and, and probably what, like there's there's no perfect way, there's no textbook for how to deal with what you're dealing with. And if you do these steps, it'll make it easier. If you'll, I mean, it's hard. Like it's unfathomable unless you've been through it. But I know community has been important to you. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, we were just talking and I talked about businesses being open and honest or raw, you know, and that's something I've learned through this whole process of just being raw about your feelings and emotions and like it's okay you know we live in a world these days where instagram and facebook and people want to look perfect Mm -hmm. you know and there's no such thing and we need to get that out of people's heads that we aren't perfect not nobody's perfect and when we first moved to granbury our goal was to really find a church and dive into that church. And when I say dive in, I mean really make a connection with people. We were lucky enough to find the church we found in Stonewater that that's what they believe in too. And community is huge for them. And so in doing that, we've kind of just found that through the church is, is, is being raw, open, honest, and it's allowed some really big relationships to blossom in a very short period of time. Yeah. I don't know. I've said multiple times that I, if this were to happen back in Visalia, I'm just, I, I'm not, you know, I, it's been so unbelievable out here with the church family, with the community. I mean, I don't know how, but we go into stores here in Granbury and we don't know the people that work there and they're telling us, oh my gosh, you know, they know us. Mm. 
from Bowbear, like, and they'll just give us hugs, tell us they're praying for us. It's just, it's a wild deal out here. Granberry is unbelievable. And on top of that, you know, the business, the Bucking Bull business has been unreal through this. The yeah. American Bucking Bull Incorporated, they, the whole family has wrapped around us and just been there to support us. And it's been a very humble and eye-opening experience to deal with with the people we've had around us. So it means a lot. I mean, you guys here have been unbelievable, to say the least. So, yeah, it's just to put into words, I'm not sure how to say it other than, yeah, I, I believe just community and relationships, real, honest, open, raw relationship is is real, you know, yeah. and and. And through it, you know, I think, you know, if you want to take it back to business, like I think it just, it really enables people to, you know, uh, relate, you know, relate with that honesty and realness and rawness of it. And so if you do go, go, hopefully you don't, but if you are unfortunate enough to have to go through something like this, it allows them to feel comfortable enough to just reach their arms out, you know, and be there. That's so good. That's so good. It wasn't that long ago since Bear passed, but at some point, I know you guys are talking about a foundation, don't know exactly what all that stuff looks like. This is still super, super fresh. So that's part of why we're talking about this story. Just uh, if you're going to follow Red Laces, you'll see that kind of thing. Yeah, so we want to, you know, we're big believers in Christ, and we believe that this didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there is reason, there's purpose, there is... You know, whether it's bringing non-believers to the Lord, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, we we can't write the story. It's not our story to write. But we want to not just let this pass and go in vain. We want to use it for good, whatever that is. So, yes, there's talks, there's ideas. We are going to create a, a foundation in His name. How that looks right at this moment, I'm not sure. But we are going to make sure that we are able to help kids, help families, I know the desires of our heart are good. So in that, we're going to find a way to create a foundation to be able to help other people that are going through tragedies. That's good. That's good. Well, Bo, this, again, I want to thank you for for the man that you are, for the daddy that you are, for the husband that you are, for the business owner that you are, for the friend that you are, and just tell you I love you and thanks for coming on today. And I love uh, you too, man. Yeah. I just, yeah, you guys, Red Laces wouldn't be where it's at without you guys, and I've learned a lot through you guys. So I just thank you guys. I thank you guys for your friendship, our business relationship. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks for being on today. All right. Okay, so we just had an incredible interview with Bo Mills. That That was was incredible. That was super fun. Eric, you're also a friend of Bo's, and you've got to watch. I mean, Red Lace has grown since day one. So talk a little bit about what that process has looked like. (laughs) You've been showing me some of the stuff, (laughs) like what Bo walked in, his idea originally, and uh, what all that looked like. Share a little bit about that. Yeah, it's always fun when, uh, you know, I, I had just met Bo. I hadn't known him very long when he, when he walked in and he walked in and I'm not sure what he's, what his business is yet. I hadn't really, you know, had a chance to sit down and talk to him. He's talking about, Oh yeah, these bulls. I'm like, cool, man. You got bull riders. He's like, no, there, there's no bull riders. I'm like, what do you have bulls for? I don't, 
I'm, you're you're a Dallas boy. I am a as Dallas as it gets. It's it's true. Yeah. 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 So he's walking in talking about first of all, just talking about bulls in general. I don't do large <laughs> animals. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> Second of all, he is talking about these bucking bulls that don't have riders. They have these dummies on them. And I'm I'm like, yeah, I think anybody who rides bulls dummy, maybe. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's probably not kind. I'm just kidding. Anyone who out there who rides bulls. But as he's explaining all this, I'm just kind of lost. I had we had to do some research into it. So this is actually what we do is like we we start from scratch and we we learn a business first. We figure out what is this business all about? How do they how do they function? How do they work? You know, some people walk in, you know, they're a real estate agent, you know what they do, you know how it works, you 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 understand, but we still get to know them as an individual. However, this type of business is just something we just don't know very much about and and haven't known very much about until we really started diving in and learning. You know, part of our process had to do with learning the business. I mean, that that took probably the, the longest amount of time in our process was figuring out what these guys did. But as he walked in, he started explaining what he what he wanted and who he was as a person and and the whole baseball idea mixed with bulls. We just knew from the from the get-go it was going to end up looking like a very, very cool brand. Now specifically right now what we're talking about is the logo of this brand, but we we knew that it was going to be really cool. So as as he came in, you know, we we learned uh, all about his his business, and he he showed us a hat. He said he had a had a hat with a logo on it. And it's this bull just kicking kicking his feet up in the air, and uh, and he had th- this questionnaire that we had asked at that point. At that point, we kind of just said, "Hey, fill this questionnaire out, and we'll we'll figure out what we do from there." And then he said, "Hey, I, uh, I have in my notes. I went back and looked. This is fun going back and looking at these notes. Uh-huh. In the notes, I wrote that he had the idea of naming it Red Stitches Bulls." <laughs> And or Red Stitches Bull Co. or something like that. And so, like, it's just fun to be able to watch everything go from where it was to where it is now. Sure, that's awesome. And one of the things that I love that we're going to do special this week is take some of what we first came up with for the Red Laces brand logo, let you guys take a look at it and see how it evolved over time through the process. And I think Brittany is going to have all of that stuff online that you can really, through a blog, Take a look at the story and see what went down. And so I'm excited about that. And even the hat that apparently Bo sent a picture of or walked in with, maybe had it on and said, this is kind of what I'm talking about. And it is drastically different. <laughs> it's drastically different. And even, you know, what we, so, so our process is to send three options up front for the specific brand that he was looking for uh, with the package he went with. And so we sent three options. And with those three options, it it is nowhere near what he ended up with. And so, which is oftentimes what happens. I mean, sometimes you just got to get the ball rolling to figure out, okay, is this where you're at? And so, you know, part of it, again, with a business like this is learning the business. Like sure. there's different shapes of bulls. Uh, apparently, and uh, how their horns are and how all the things. And so we're like, here you go, man. You know, we send the first logo. Zeke, I'll show you here and we'll have this on the blog. But oh my we, goodness. We send the first one and we nailed the font though. The font. We the actually font kept all the right way through it. Money, yeah. But the but the actual bull with the red laces, it's like I don't know. It looks like someone from Dallas decided 
uh, what this bull is going to look like. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. That's a great way to put that. <laughs> yeah, so make sure, go online and check out our blog and see this story of how it start. Oh, my goodness, Eric's showing me another option right now. That one's actually kind of cool looking. That logo's cool. I don't know if that's the right, I still don't know if that's the right kind of bull, but. I don't know. I've been out to his place a million times. I still don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it is. But bottom line is, it didn't end up with that. Thank that's goodness. right. That's and right. So what's really cool though is being able to work with a guy like Bo, who isn't. He's not just going to settle on. Oh man, you gave me three. I like that one the best. Let's go with it. We got to get this going. And that is the wisest thing he could have done because where he ended up with or the logo he ended up with is like we said. You know, like he like we talked about in the podcast. It's, it's still. Probably, I mean, it's my favorite logo we've ever made, I believe. Yeah. And and a lot of people here would say that. And so just because of the mix of something that doesn't make any sense to mix together, Bulls baseball makes no sense. But it just ended up being so, so cool. Yeah, he's he's married the two things really well. Yeah. Baseball and Bulls. And so, well, thanks for walking us through that. That's really neat. I'm excited about people kind of getting online and watching the process. I love behind the scenes stuff. So for me to, to look at what we know now is the finished product and mm-hmm. see the story behind it is really fun. Yeah. And and, uh, and engaging. So I think that's good. So go make sure you go and take a look at it. Hey, thanks again for listening to the marketing department. We've got a lot of really, really cool stuff coming up. You heard me mention earlier in the interview with Bo next week, we're going to get practical. We're actually going to have members of our team here in our new podcast studio. Yes. This place uh, is awesome. It is awesome. Here in our new podcast studio, and we're going to talk through what it takes to to design, to build, to dream up your brand. And so uh, make sure, come check that out and listen next week. Hey, we also want you to know that if you want a brand assessment for your business, you can go online to our website at greenfox.io, fill out that brand assessment. And if you've got ideas for our podcast, we want you to email us at info at greenfox.io. And don't forget about our brand giveaway as well. We're excited about that and getting to partner with a a new company and maybe come up with something fresh for them. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Marketing Department Podcast. We've got a lot of exciting episodes coming up that you will not want to miss. So please subscribe. Please leave us a rating and check us out at greenfox.io.